Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. One final week, let's make it a goodie, and guess what? We got Big Sky Sports to talk about. The men Grizzly basketball team did not have the road trip they wanted. The Lady Grizz are playing right now and doing very nicely. Thank you very much. It is to tell anyone is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Outstanding to be with you in the 406. Thanks for letting us ride along with you wherever you are, cruising around, hanging out. We appreciate it. If you would like to be a part of this show, we would love to have you be a part of it. 361-3688-361-3688 is the phone number all Yes, join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that phone line, 361-3688. If you would like to listen live, you go onto the website, 1029ESPN.com. You jump into the stream. The stream is available all the time. You can check out what's going on on ESPN Radio. It is there. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We, let's start with a real-time update. The Lady Grizz and North Dakota Fighting Hawks playing in the first women's basketball game in Missouri. Um, 
Missoula of the season. The Lady Grizz played one game already this year at Utah State. A good game. They fell by seven points in that game. They were actually up to half against the Aggies. Mm-hmm. This game just starting the second half, the third quarter, as it were, women's women's game got it right. It got a quarters going, 10-minute quarters. Just started the third quarter. The Lady Grizz up 10 at the break, 38-28. Carmen G. Feller, who had 21 in the first game against Utah State, 14 in the first half here on six of seven shooting. Sophia Styles also had a nice first half in the, in the scoring uh, column, but talk about good defense. I mean, holding the team to 28 points and a half, that's a good way to get it done for Coach Petrino's club. So uh, just a, a bucket just went in for North Dakota. So 38-30 as they've just started. We will keep you updated on uh, you know the, this game. Here's what's ironic to me. Mm-hmm. The uh, Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing right now as we speak. We just get NFL seven days a week these days. But guess what? We don't. I can watch, which I am, the Lady Grizz in North Dakota play women's basketball in a non-conference game in Missoula, Montana, and I cannot watch Washington and Pittsburgh. That's not on any TV network. It is on Fox, and due to rights restraints surrounding direct ticket, direct TV Sunday ticket, they can't air it nationally. They can only air it in the markets. So Washington and Pittsburgh got it. And that's it. That's all. Unless you have the ticket, and it is a real. Mm. So this, when you don't do right by the consumer, you don't do right by what it is that you do. I mean, we could take that all the way down the rabbit hole, but let's not tell the people what else we have on the show today. What else we got on the show today? So we are going to get into uh, the weekend that was for the uh, Montana Grizzly men's team. They played the exact same game twice. <laughs> I mean, to, I mean, almost two. It, 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 narrative style to the letter, they played the exact same game against Southern Utah, falling by one point on Thursday and falling again by one point on Saturday, getting back into it, tying a, tying a basketball game with a Josh Vasquez three late, only to foul on the what ended up being game-ending possession both nights, and the shooter going one of two from the line for Southern Utah in both instances, and thus beating Montana uh, by uh, 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 one point. Again, 75-74, I think, was the Saturday final. Uh, But the Grizzlies now 0-2 in Big Sky Cowards play for the first time in a long time. Since 2008. And so, uh, and obviously that's not something, that's not where they wanted to to be. Um, But, you know, you start to see some things where they're learning, coming along, and also some areas where they, you know, got work to do, obviously. So that's where we're at there. We will get into uh, the Montana State women. They got a big win uh, against this very same North Dakota team uh, over the weekend on Saturday. and so, oh, Sunday, actually. Oh, it was yesterday. yesterday yep. Okay, so back-to-back for North Dakota. Uh, that's so, why they did it. North Dakota's on a bus. So that's why the tip of this game got moved up, because they thought, okay, well, if there's no fans, they're going to go. Then we might as well... Have get, the middle it done, of the day. get it done early so start they can driving back. start on their 1,014-mile uh, trek back to Grand Forks, North Man, Dakota. Yikes. Pretty good hike. At least they got two games out of it. Better part of two states you got to cross, but not just any two states. Uh, in any case, again, Lady Grizz up right now, but Montana State did win uh, against uh, uh, North Dakota yesterday. We will hear from head coach Trisha Binford uh, after that game a little bit as well. We also would get into a little bit of news surrounding the Grizzlies, but really as an entry point, I think, to discuss the Grizzlies a little bit. But Mac, Matt Nicholson, the strength coach, has been there a long time. Goes back yep, to Bob Stitt. Five, five years, says 2015 with Bob Stitt. Yep. S- staff, and then it was retained by uh, by Bobby Houck, but he has left to uh, to take the job at uh, Illinois State 
Uh, so he's going to go to the Missouri Valley now and uh, hold the same position there with Illinois State. So we'll get into that a little bit. Top of the hour, we got something kind of interesting, I think very interesting for you. Very, Super very cool. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to have Glenn Winthrow on the show. He is an actor and director and has uh, is there just set to release a movie called The Last Champion. He co-wrote this film with his wife, Haley Todd, and then uh, uh, also who also stars in the film. And then he and his daughter... Ivy directed and and produced and made this movie. Uh, I've watched the trailer for this. This is a spectacular looking show. It's a film about uh, uh, a young man, a a um, well, will you? I mean, a supreme generational wrestling talent who grows up small town America, small cold town America, very Great Falls sort of thing, and. Uh, is a you know four-time state champion. All that goes and wrestles at Oklahoma State. Great national champion. Goes to the Olympics and uh, ends up making a poor choice as it pertains to I believe it's PED something along those lines and has his gold medals uh, stripped from him, his wrestling Olympic medals stripped from him, and then you know comes back to his hometown in ignominy and and is sort of uh, a, a castaway, a bit of a pariah. And he it, it's the story of him working back into, you know, life and trying to change the narrative of his life after, you know, having this humiliation in his past. So we will talk with Glenn, Glenn Winthrow about this story, about this film. It's going to come out tomorrow on Amazon, on Google Play. I mean, this is a major, major uh, film that is uh, being released, so we're excited about that. And we will also get into some NFL stuff from the weekend. Uh, the Seahawks, not so good. The Brownies, hey now. The Packers, you betcha. What do you think about Minnesota? A dub's a dub's a dub. Is that what we say about the Vikings? I mean, you can you can say whatever you want about the Vikings. The only there's only a few teams in the NFC that have upward trajectory right now, and the Vikings, despite having to squeak it out two weeks in a row, are one of those teams. Yep. I mean, the Vikings are on a much better trajectory right now than the Arizona Cardinals. No doubt. Uh, again, quick update again as they play just over seven minutes now left in the third quarter. Abby Anderson, nice layup for the Lady Grizz, who just got another steal. Uh, but the uh, Lady Grizz now up 14, extended their lead by four points at halftime. 46-32 currently the score there. And again, we will continue to keep you apprised of that and give you some stats. But Coulter, let's circle all the way around and get into Saturday. And the Montana Grizzlies losing to Southern Utah, as we said, in all identical fashion, at least down the stretch of what happened on Thursday, a 75-74 loss, a game that Montana was ahead of in the first half by five and then lost by six in the second half and thus lost the whole thing by one. Southern Utah led for 80 total seconds in the second half between Thursday and Saturday. In both games. The last 40 seconds. Well, they didn't. I shouldn't even say 80 total seconds because there was portions of that last 40 seconds in each game where it was actually tied. But Southern Utah did not take a lead of any sort until under a minute to go, yeah. both Thursday and Saturday. And uh, an offensive rebound cost them a four-point possession. That gave Southern Utah its one and only lead Thursday. An offensive rebound cost an extra possession, which gave them their go-ahead free throws on Saturday. Uh, Josh Vasquez hit a game-tying three after those offensive rebounds yep. in each uh, game. Well, that was with it between 12 and 9 seconds to go. And then Southern Utah... Got a free throw with less than three seconds to go in each of the games to win the game. And so you're right, the almost a carbon copy for the way that each of these games ended. But it's interesting, right? Because those similarities are so obvious, almost like bizarrely similar. Mm-hmm. And yet the narrative of this game 
in terms of the whole thing is very different. Coach Secure shortened up his rotation significantly. Only eight guys played in this game, and Eddie Egan played 11 minutes, Mac Anderson nine. Other than that, you had six guys that were at 22 minutes or better, and that was the main thing. The top three guys, the top five starters, excuse me, in this game, Kyle Owens, Michael Stedman, Josh Bannon, Josh Vasquez gets into that starting lineup, and Brandon Whitney. I told you Kyle Owens and Josh Vasquez were going to start. You were right. And then Cameron Parker uh, was 27 minutes off the bench. He played a ton in this one as well as a de facto sixth starter. And that's it, and that's what they did. And by the way, 30 minutes for Michael Stedman, did not get into foul trouble, had only three fouls in this game, was 6 of 13, not as efficient, had 13 points. Kyle Owens carrying the load offensively for the Grizzlies with 21. But again, the finish, right? It's the finish in both of these instances. Get an offensive rebound. It's great to hit a clutch three, but if you can't get a stop, you kind of you leave yourself in peril, and obviously it came back to bite Montana in both cases. Don't like the call to have a, a last-second foul in each of the last two games, but you shouldn't be in that situation. You should have been able to close out the game. Montana was up by as many as nine points in the second half in uh, Saturday's game. They just weren't able to close out. A couple notes on the roster, on the lineup. Uh, Robbie Beasley remains out. He is not. He is yet to make his Grizz debut. Highly heralded freshman guard. Derek Carter-Hollinger and Cam Satterwhite both played on Thursday. They did not play on Saturday. Just reading between the lines here, the implication is this is not a COVID thing because they wouldn't have been able to bend on the bench in street clothes if they would have had a positive test. Plus the fact that is that they arrive in Cedar City, they're basically quarantined until they leave town. So I just don't really know where you'd get an exposure. So to me, that it's either an injury thing or a grades thing, or a coach's decision. But those guys were not available. So that actually shortened Montana's rotation, and I think that was actually a better thing for them because it basically just took two guys off the bench. I mean, less depth is not a good thing, but when you're still trying to figure out who's going to play where and what roles you're going to fill, I thought it made their rotations a little bit more fluid. But, I mean, let's just talk about where this puts the Grizz. It's the first time they're 0-2 in Big Sky Conference play in 13 years, only the second time in 23 years that they've started out the gates 0-2. I said last week, and I stand by this, I don't think that Southern Utah is the best team in the league, but I do think Southern Utah is one of the best teams in the league. I also think that in terms of the matchup that you could draw to open conference play, win conference play, is a week into the season for this specific Grizz team, this was the worst draw you could have gotten. Man, so, I just couldn't agree with you more on that point especially. I mean, what happened last year? The Grizzlies rolled out at home and lost to Montana Tech. Right. You know? This is a team this year that has a ton of guys that have never played together uh, or or played very little together. I mean, you have obviously the three freshmen from a year ago who are now sophomores, but this team, the guys who are getting minutes, is 50 to 60% new. And Southern Utah, by contrast, for the first time really for the first time since the top Simon Simon's Aaron, yeah. been there, has a, a, a great core of starting long-term uh, uh, you know, players. And so this is a group that knows how to play together and knows what to do. And I totally agree with you. I thought this to myself, if they had opened with Southern Utah and then played Southern Utah a second game two months down the line, sure. as you normally would, uh, you know, I I like Montana in that spot. But this, to have to start and figure it out on the fly in conference against that particular team who, you know, if they would have played Portland State, who hadn't even gotten to practice, despite how good Portland State might be in talent, sure. that would be a very even thing. This, not as much, and that's not really an excuse. I mean, they're 0-2 in conference play. is not good, but 
it's not inexplicable, and I don't think it's, you know, I don't think you sit here and go, oh, my goodness, Montana isn't, you know, they're, they got problems. I mean, they do have problems, but it's not like you're sitting here going, man, this team looks bad, and I don't know if they're going to get to figure it out. I, I, I felt way weirder, if I could put it like that, about this team after they lost to Montana Tech last year than I do right now about this team after these two games. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into some of my overall broad thoughts about the Grizz later on this week. I, I do think the Grizz are missing a little juice compared to what I've been used to watching for my life. Yeah, I, I don't see that dog on this squad, but that's not to say somebody can't develop into that. But I don't I don't see a, a, a Will Cherry or a Kareem Jamar or a Ahmad Rory or a Michael Ogini, and maybe we just got spoiled with all those guys, but you can go through multiple coaching staffs, multiple iterations of the Grizz, and there's always one or two guys on Montana's roster where the first time you ever see them, no matter how old they are, you're like, wow, that guy's a different level than what this level is. Montana's always had some of the great talent in the league. I mean, honestly, if you were to do the top 50 players in the history of the Big Sky Conference, probably 20 or 25 of them played at Montana. (laughs) Seriously, though, man, they've had that many elite guys, and they've always been so good at having one or two of the best guards in the league. We'll see. Maybe some of these guys become that. But I don't want to get into that. I want to get just get into the, the tangibles of what we watched. So mm-hmm. I asked you to get two positives and two negatives. I think you and I both can agree a positive, a silver lining here is that this was a tough matchup. No matter what sort of talent you have, it doesn't matter. In college basketball, especially in mid-major college basketball, seniors beat freshmen almost every single time. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Brandon Whitney will become? Dre Marine is one of the most underrated players in the Big Sky Conference to me. Dre Marine is a four-year starter. He made his 100th start on Saturday. That's the Southern Utah record. Yeah. yeah. Most people in the league don't really know about Dre Marine because Dre Marine's kind of just been the guy in the background. He's been giving it up to all the transfers. He's but he's the four-year guy that they built this thing around, and I think he's going to have a big year. And he had a big game on Saturday. 19, 19 points, eight rebounds. The other thing is from the schematic element of this game. Now here's a negative for the Grizzlies. The common fan, I think, thinks that rebounding is just 100% about effort. It is a lot about effort. It is a lot about physicality. At, at the Division One level and then up through the NBA, teams run rebounding schemes. How many guys are you sending to the glass? How many guys are you getting back? On a missed shot, are you sending all five guys to the glass? Are you sending three guys to the glass? Do you have specific guys that are going to the glass? In this game... Southern Utah crashed the glass with their guards because, again, they know that John Knight and Dre Marine are 23 years old and they're going against Mm 18-year-olds. That's an advantage no matter what the talent level is for those guys. And, you know, you could say, okay, well, the guards weren't the problem with the offensive rebounding because John Knight and Dre Marine combined for three of Southern Utah's 10 offensive rebounds. But when you have guards crashing the glass, it makes the boxing out more haphazard. And so then all of a sudden, you know, amazing faucet ends up with four offensive rebounds because you just can't find your guy. So a negative coming out of this weekend, the Grizz got to figure out how to put a body on a man. They got to figure out how to box out. They got to get those loose balls. If they if they get three offensive rebounds, they're two and zero. Oh. That's it. Point blank period. You can talk about unknown rotations, new faces, poor shooting in the first game. You know, whatever it might be. The Grizz get three offensive rebounds. They're two and zero. Oh, period. They're not in the situation that they're in. So I think that that was one of my negatives, but I think that's an yeah. easy fix because I mean, they were it's minus, not a mystery, right? They're minus eight in offensive boards Thursday. They're minus seven in offensive boards on Saturday. And by the way, it's not like there's 25 or 30 offensive rebounds. I mean, there's 13 total rebounds on the offensive glass between the two teams. Ten of them went to Southern Utah, three for Montana. And that, that, that those numbers hold it. I think there's 14 total in uh, on Saturday's game, and it was – 
way out of whack. And as we talked about Saturday, or from Thursday, excuse me, a defensive rebound, you could think of it as getting a possession, but I mean, it's just what you're supposed to do. You're stealing possessions when you win on the offensive glass. And that is where, uh, I mean, the Southern Utah, 10 of 33 from beyond the arc. I mean, they were launching from beyond the arc. And by the way, not to a great percentage, under a third, right? But guess what? They got they got enough offensive rebounds that they were able to overcome what was a a four in superior uh, three point and field shooting percentage. Well, I mean, here's the tell of the tape: twenty three offensive rebounds over the weekend for Southern Utah that led to thirty count them thirty yeah. second chance points. Montana had six. Well, if you lose in second chance points, thirty to six, you lose. Yeah, and the fact that the Grizz only lost by one. Each game, I think, is actually a testament to then what is my next positive. I think that this team has a lot of desire. I think they want they played hard. There yeah. was not it wasn't an effort issue. Right. It was an execution issue. They have a they they don't know the the rotations. They don't know how to play with each other yet. You can tell that every guy knows that he's battling for a spot. And this, you made such a good point. If you're battling for a spot in a closed door scrimmage or in the maroon silver scrimmage or against Montana Tech. It's a lot easier to say, okay, tonight I'm going to show off my offensive repertoire and try to earn my minutes. When it's in a conference game, then all of a sudden you got guys forcing shots. You got a lot of pressure. You know, say you take a bad shot. Travis DeCure pulls you out, sits you down, talks you down, says, hey, here's, what we're, here's what's going on. Here's what we need from you. That's a whole different scenario in December when you're playing a non conference game than it is when you're playing a conference game. This was a completely anomalous situation. So mm-hmm. I think that this team does want it. And if there's anybody that can figure out the tangibles of what they need to do to fix it, it's Coach DeCure. So I think that that element, just in terms of the the playing hard, you, you never want to have a situation where the issue is the effort. The effort's there. Yeah. The issues are execution. I think you can fix those just by, you know, navigating what is going to be a long season. No doubt. Uh, one of the silver linings for me, and I'm going to make this an individual, is Cameron Parker from Saturday. He, See, this is an interesting one for me. They, they Well... They, they let him shoot. They they let him shoot. They wanted him to shoot, yep. and he did on Thursday. And couldn't shoot. It was awful. Yep. I think it was one of nine from the field and 0 for, like 0 for 7 from beyond the arc. I mean, yep. he's single-handedly not making shots. I mean, in a one-point game, you could point to a million things, but I mean, there's another one that would have been the difference maker. Yesterday, uh, or Saturday, rather, Seven of nine from the field, three of three from beyond the arc, and if he's going to give you that kind of production, you got to feel good about that from a from an offensive standpoint. I also think, and I know, I think I know what you're going to get into about him, but part of the reason that he was given the green light the way that he was and was such a focal point of the offense is with the couple of players that they did not have available sure. for whatever reason. Yep. Now all of a sudden, where are you going to get it from? Right. And he was, you know, a reliable player with Satterway to pr- in particular not being out there. Well, they also decided they were going to double team. St- Southern Utah said they were going to double team Stedman, Michael Stedman. And so uh, the game plan was to let Parker shoot it. Mm-hmm. And he had three wide open threes. He's got to knock them down. He's got to be able to make that shot to keep the Which he did. He did. Yeah. He's got to be able to keep, keep defenses honest. No question. I just don't think that you can rely on or hope to get 19 points every night from Cam Parker. No, no doubt. You need Cam Parker to be an 8-8 eight eight guy, not a 19-6 yeah. guy. He did have 6-6, six six though. And I'm not dogging on the kid. If, the kid. if that's the defensive game plan, you got to knock down the shot. 
I just hope that he doesn't go down the road of thinking that he needs to be the primary shooter because I just don't think that's it. Oh, and I don't think he – I mean, he talked to us, and yeah. it was very clear this is a this is a, faci- a facilitating first type of player. And you get 19 points and six assists in a college game. I mean, that's notable. It really is. So that's, that is that is a good thing for me. The thing that I'm – if I want to do one, a, a, one of my, my second negative, yeah. it's obvious, but it's also critical, and it's just closing. Now, sure. in a sense, the clutch nature of Josh Vasquez to be able to drop up a play, step up, and bang it when you yep. absolutely have to have it. I mean, that's that's huge to even be in the game then at that moment. But to get an offensive rebound when you just have to have one, not even off, to get a defensive rebound when you have to have one, and to get a stop when you have to have one because there's close games, and close games are won in the final 60 seconds of it, and in both instances – Southern Utah was the team that that made more plays that mattered and got out with a, with a victory. Two points there on on the Vasquez threes. Both times, Travis DeCure called a timeout mm-hmm. with uh, you know between fifteen and ten seconds left. They ran a quick, nice action to get Vasquez coming off the screen into his strong hand. He's got a beautiful shot. Yes, he does. If he can continue to have confidence that's his only issue i think mechanically his shot is perfect and i think he had confidence issues last year but now i mean he just he just opened big sky conference play by banging six threes in the first weekend so that's, that's a right. good start for him but they they did it to put Travis DeCure did this intentionally vasquez makes the shot and there's a time left for southern utah to have Southern utah's play-by-play guy was questioning this why wouldn't you run it down and have that shot be at the horn well twofold one i think coach DeCure. Uh, wanted in case the shot doesn't go of to have course. time left on the clock. But two, he wanted his guys to be on defense because that how has the Grizz won 80 games in the last three years, closing people out defensively. You want to make Southern Utah make the game winner because you have so much confidence you're going to get the stop, send it to overtime, and then win going away. And yeah. then they weren't able to close the game. So that that's not on anybody. I think that that was a good scenario for the Grizz to be in because now they know that's the point where they have to figure this part out. When, when you're shooting a three to tie, I am not a fan at all of waiting to the gun to get that shot off because if you got to go scramble for an offensive rebound, you can get another shot. I've seen two, three opportunities on you know melee plays to get that shot to go down when you have time and I've seen a ton of times where you shoot it at the buzzer and it's no good and you just that's it you know you don't you don't leave yourself any opportunity and then yeah okay you got to play defense but like you said I mean that's what the Grizzlies do or at least that's what they want to do to tell new one is one or two nine ESPN radio I, I got a, I got one more negative that leads me into one more positive okay this team doesn't have a leader well they're three games in out of a non off season, and I'm not. I'm not putting that as a point of scrutiny. Like, oh, this is woe is me. They're not going to find one. They just don't have one. Yeah, you got to have a leader, and they'll, and maybe somebody develops into that. I mean, it's a precarious position for the guy who sat out all year last year, who's one of your only seniors, and Michael Stedman, to be that guy, especially when you struggle with fouls early. How do you assert yourself when you're really not even in the game? Then you talk about some of the other guys who could be that guy. I mean. I don't think Mac Anderson's one of the only juniors on the team. I don't think he has a prominent enough role yet to be able to do that. I think he's a great glue guy. I think he's a guy that's definitely going to be a locker room guy, bring your team together. I mean, we love Mac Anderson. He's one of, one of the great kids on the team. He's fun mm-hmm. to talk to. He's fun to hang out with. Um, 
the freshmen, I don't think they're going to be able to turn that page until it's at least a couple months into the year. Cam Parker's a junior, but he's only been with the program for a couple games. Cam Satterwhite's a senior, but he's he's sitting out. But to me, this leads me to my next positive. Travis DeCure said on this show, early summer, he said, he didn't say names, but he, he said, hey, there's some guys right now in this program that are not working like I want them to work. And there's other guys right now in this program that are working harder than I ever thought they could work. That will pay off down the line. And he said, I'm frustrated with some of these guys. I'm proud of some of these other guys. Well, then in the post-game radio show with a uh, good buddy Riley Corkin on the Grizzly Radio Network, Coach Secure said, I talked about the work. Kyle Owens put in all the work. Mm. He said, Kyle Owens worked harder and improved more than anybody in our program during the offseason. If you know Kyle Owens' backstory, his father played at UCLA and played for the Los Angeles Lakers. Coach Secure mentioned that him and his dad spent the entire quarantine, spent the entire first part of the pandemic hit in the gym, remaking his shot. Kyle Owens had kind of a funny-looking shot last year. He remade it. He's got a little more lift in it. He's got a little more snap in his wrist. He's looking good. So now here, 21 points. Here's, here is where college athletics gets so fascinating. Because when you're when you're Kyle Owens, Derek Carter Hollinger, and Josh Vasquez, you're three guys from a similar area who knew of each other, growing up, playing together, playing against each other. You all buy the same thing that, that Travis DeCure is selling you. He says, hey, you come here. We're a winning program. You guys are going to have to learn as freshmen. You're going to play, but you're not going to be the dudes. You have to be behind the older guys. But then when you're sophomores, we'll start to build it around you. And then by the time you're juniors, it's going to be your program. Now you've had they've had a collective group mentality. I mean, we've talked about them as a group. We've written about them as a group. These guys, they were the freshmen last year. Now they're the sophomores this year. At some point, one of those guys is going to have to step up and lead. One of those guys is going to have to be the leaders of the others. To me, in terms of personality, the work that they put in, and at least in this very small sample size performance, that player is Kyle Owens. Mm. I think that one of the main places that this Grizz team, Grizz team could turn the corner across everything, from the offensive rebounding to the defensive rotations to the continuity, is if someone emerges as a leader. And if it can be a guy like Kyle Owens, that would be huge. What What's one of the most important parts of an organization? Everybody being on the same page. You know and I know that you're the leader. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know and I know that you're the guy that's going to get us a bucket. That's where the last years of Grizz teams were so good because you know, Bob Moorhead's a great leader. He's a great um, team guy, a great bring people together guy, very articulate, smart, mature kid. But he knows at the end of the game, it's Ahmad Roy that's getting the ball. Mm-hmm. It's Ahmad Roy that's getting the shot. And Michael Guine knows that too. You have to all know. And it, that's where this team is. That stuff naturally filters itself out. I just think that if one of them, though, can rise up, especially if it is Kyle Owens, it could be a place where the Grizz could turn a corner pretty pretty uh, quickly. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. At the end of the third quarter, the Lady Grizz, who had a 10-point lead at the uh, break, had a 9-point lead, 61-52. So basically maintaining it. The uh, Fighting Hawks trimming it by one. We're now 90 seconds, though, into the fourth quarter. The Lady Grizz have scored the only bucket of this final stanza. So they are now up 11, 63-52. We will obviously uh, keep you apprised of what's going on here. And we'll take a quick break, talk a little Montana State women's basketball. They played and won over these very same North Dakota Fighting Hawks yesterday. We'll hear a little bit from Coach Binford, give you the quick, Nuts and bolts of that contest where we're at with Montana State playing their first women's basketball game in three quarters of a year. Next. 
What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Lady Grizz, their first home game of the year, second game in total this season. They were supposed to play Southern Utah to open their conference slate this weekend, just like the men in Missoula, but the Southern Utah women had a positive COVID test, did not even travel to Missoula, and uh, both those games were canceled. So a uh, little afternoon matinee against North Dakota, and Lady Grizz looking very good, just under six minutes to go in this one. Montana up nine, 66-57, and uh, playing, I would say, uh, how could I say, playing loose, playing hard, playing fluid. Uh, they, they look really good right here in game number two uh, under Mike Petrino. Three-pointer up and good for North Dakota. So now just a six-point game. So obviously got to close the thing out. But uh, early returns pretty strong right here for this for this women's team, which was uh, – we agree, right? W- without question. Biggest mystery in the Big Sky Conference coming into this season. Well, absolutely. I mean, the talent was never the issue under Shannon Schwain. Right. There was a list of a hundred things besides that. We won't even bore you with all of that. But my biggest questions were, can you get your key returners, one, healthy, but two, back to confidence? Yeah. So Sophia Styles looks healthy and confident. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since that's been the case that people forget that, I mean, she was the two-time Montana Gatorade right. Player of the Year. I mean, she is right. a big-time recruit. I mean, yeah. she, she could have gone a lot of places and she came to Montana. Abby Anderson was was a pretty good recruit that was, I think, a project that got thrown into the action probably too early, but now she's a junior. Can she get healthy? She looks healthy. And what sort of difference could that make? But then, more than anything, I mean, Carmen G. Feller was probably, besides Jamie Pickens, the biggest get of the Shannon Schwain era in terms of landing a recruit. Carmen G. Feller chose Montana over, I think, Oregon State and Washington State. Well, then she busted her ankle and busted it again, and she wasn't able to play hardly at all. Yeah. Well, she looks like she's in better shape, and she looks like she's back to her old self. I mean, she's been really efficient. She was great against Utah State, and she's been really good in this one, too. She's 9 of 15 right now. I think she started 9 of 12. I mean, she's, she's been shooting it. She's been lighting it. G-Feller? So, G-Feller. What number is she? Uh, she's number 20. Okay, who's number three? Tell me that, because here's... Uh, number three One thing. is Hannah Thurman. She's the okay. uh, junior college transfer Han- from Okay, from, that's uh, why I didn't recognize her. That's Hannah Thurman from Missouri. Um, one thing that's just transpired, the Lady Grizz are up 11 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. North Dakota just went on a 7-0 run. Mm-hmm. No timeout was taken. They go. It's a four-point game, and Thurman steps back and just buries a three-pointer. Yep. Lady Grizz get a steal on the ensuing possession, and now I think are headed to the line. We got a timeout on the floor, but they're back up seven. I saw, you know, time after time, the Lady Grizz up in games, that's, that lead started to to dwindle a little bit and all of a sudden you just felt tension and tightness and missed opportunities and missed shots. So when you teams are going to go on runs, teams are going to close gaps on you. That's going to happen. Uh, 
can you answer the bell in those moments? And that three, I mean, this game is far from over, but that is a moment that is uh, one that Montana has needed for a long time. Coulter, let's talk about exactly. Let's parlay that right into this Montana State. Yeah, let's team. go into it. So, well, so Montana State yesterday posted an 84-72 victory over North Dakota, the same North Dakota team. It was Montana State's first game, 270 days since they won in the Big Sky semifinals, tournament semifinals against NAU last March. I guess it would have been 10th, first game since then. And I think that the first game was maybe more meaningful for Montana State than any other program because they had so much robbed from them. We can sit here and talk about what could have been if Saeed Pridgett and the Grizzlies or Harold Frey and the Bobcats could have played. What could have been if Holland Woods got a chance for this last Big Sky tournament at Portland State? Well, it was all completely esoteric, all completely not within our comprehension because there was no games that were played. Montana State... They were on a 17-game winning streak. They had won the Big Sky regular season title. They had set the conference record for victories in a league season with 19. They had tied a school record with 25 wins, and they had secured a spot in the conference championship game, which presumptively they would have then won, and it would have given them a chance to avenge their only defeat in the entire 2020 calendar year to Idaho. It would have been a great one-versus-two matchup between two of the best coaches in the league in Montana State's Trisha Bidford and John Newley, and then it was over. And they had no closure for their five seniors. They had no chance to do anything after that. And then just had to sit and wait. They've had some, I mean, Trisha Bidford was on our show the uh, Wednesday when you were gone. And she talked about some of their quarantine situations. Like a girl like Cola Badbear, for example, who's going to be one of the rising sophomores in this Absolutely. conference. Absolutely, she's great. She's been quarantined for 60 days since the semester started because of contact tracing. That kind of stuff just throws you into a state of mental disarray. Completely. So this was a, a moment for Montana State to to really have a, a rebirth. And they go out and they hit 14 three-pointers, including eight by Torrey Martell, which is a Montana State single-game record. Uh, there's only been eight occurrences where uh, players hit more than that in the Big Sky Conference. Nine is the record in the Big Sky Conference. This happened uh, eight total times. But what I'm getting at here is that I think one of the lost arts in college basketball, college basketball has become such a machine. It's become such a system. Coaches have so much control when it comes to recruiting as well as in-game, whether it's substitutions or timeouts or offensive sets or defensive calls. There's so much control from the coach. The thing that has gone by the wayside by and large is twofold having fun and playing with confidence. <laughs> That's all. It's amazing how much better you play when you play with confidence. And I'm sitting here watching this I'd lady Grizz. I mean, I'm sitting here playing, watching this Lady Grizz game. They just look so much more loose and confident, yeah. like you just said. Yeah. And that's where I was at with Montana State. I mean, a girl like Tori Martell, she took her lumps. She shot 27% from beyond the arc as a sophomore. What did Trisha Binford say every single time she talked about Tori Martell for the last two years? Tori Martell's job is to catch the ball and shoot the ball, period. That's your mm-hmm. role, shoot it. Mm-hmm. Well, now, here she is. She hit 67 threes as a, a reserve last year, and now she hits eight threes in the first game of her senior year. That's confidence, and it made me happy to watch Montana State get back at it because I know it was a moment of revitalization for everybody that's in that program still that didn't get the closure they deserved a year ago. We will hear right now from Trisha Binford one of the great lines. You know, coaches will say if if they're coaches who are oriented in this way, hey, you know, our guys got the green light or this individual we want them to shoot. She said about Tori Martell, there is no shot that I will allow her not to take. You know, that's mm-hmm. a great way, I thought, to put it by uh, by Trisha Bidford. But after the game yesterday, got on the Zoom, 
Uh, you were there as well. Got a couple of questions in. So here's just a little bit from the post game after uh, the first game back and the first victory. One and zero from Montana State with head coach Trisha, Trisha Binford. Yeah, sure, Trish. I think that your first 13 shots of the game were were three pointers, and I don't think you actually made a two until about oh three minutes to go in the first half. What did you think of the overall shot selection? Because you were knocking them down. Yeah, I mean, I uh, told the team afterwards, I said, did you guys realize you shot 43s today? <laughs> um, it felt a little bit like NBA basketball for a while. Um, so this team can really shoot it. That's a huge strength for this team. We knew that they were going to pack the paint, but do need to get better with balance. Um, we definitely are not going to be able to live and die by the three-point shot, so we've got to get our high-low get going. We've got to get into our ball screen offense with our post clearing out of the block. We just never got into that flow tonight very well, and part of that's first game jitters. I, I think everybody's just excited to get a uniform on and compete hard. Um, but for Tor- somebody like Tori Martell, um, there's not a shot I'm going to let her pass up. And, you know, you got to go with your experience. So, you know, last year we had all that post presence. Obviously, that was a lot of our touches. And with this kid starting for us and being such a three-point specialist, uh, the more threes we can find for her, the better. But we also have our fours are a little bit different. Um, I shouldn't say different. I mean, our fours last year could also shoot the three. But they are a little bit more of that uh, physicality inside. Th- this, this group is going to really stretch the the floor in a lot of different positions so it's going to be a strength we obviously need to get the balance on the interior and we got a long ways to go on the defensive end so I love our effort but we're taking too many chances and I'm not sure we know what box out means yet so we'll figure that out uh we'll get more physical but uh what a great opponent to be physical with us and gritty and uh, challenge us on the glass today I think I think I looked at the calendar 270 days since the last time you guys played in Boise so I mean what an, what an unbelievable 270 days. You know, I'm sure nothing we'll ever experience again. But, I mean, what did it feel like to get back on the court? It must have been gratifying. At least I know not the ending you wanted, but at least you get to play basketball again. Uh, everybody's been through it mentally. Uh, we've seen a lot of tears, and we've had a lot of quarantines. And first game got canceled, and then the season also started two weeks later. I mean, there was multiple factors of season finishing the way it did just that extended time. Um, there's a, a lot of mental uh, growth. This team is really resilient, um, but just the, the gratification of getting to tip today, it was just a victory to be out there and seeing these kids in uniform. So just really proud of them overall with even such a young group. This would be hard at anybody, um, but this, this group has done a great job of just embracing uh, the days that we get to have and controlling what we can control. So there you go, Trisha Benford again after their uh, 12-point victory over North Dakota yesterday. 119 left. This has been a little bit of an accordion here in terms of the point spread in this fourth quarter for the Lady Grizz, but back out to nine points again, 77-68 with 119 remaining in the game. So Montana looking good. This lead had gone all the way down to four points with about four minutes to go but Montana has extended it back out Sophia Stiles at the line misses the first free throw uh, of uh, of a pair so we'll see if she can get it out to 10 but the Lady Grizz in a driver's seat now but quickly Coulter just react not not so much to even what Coach Binford said but just in general where are you at with Montana State's women now that you've seen well, them play one game with all those six graduating it, seniors from a year ago no, it's, a, it's a great question It's been a. It's been as as someone that really loves the art of the game of basketball. 
it's been a, a pleasure and very uh, pleasant to watch the way Montana State's program has evolved. Coach Benford has phenomenal offensive acumen, as you would expect a Big Sky Conference Hall of Fame player from Boise State who then played professionally for a decade. You'd expect that out of, I mean, one of the she was one of the true great point guards on the planet when yeah. she was playing. I mean, you know, she was playing the WNBA, playing in the Australian League. So she has great offensive acumen. But finding the pieces to run what they want to run and, and getting both of those things to mesh together. I mean, Trisha Benford has run four different offensive systems just since I've covered them over the last nine years. So then finding the pieces to mesh with that is it's a task, but now I think she's got it. They're running this dribble drive offense, which is super fun, and they have this great point guard in Darian White. And so I was wondering, too, I mean, where is Montana State going to be without their great seniors, particularly because they had one of the great advantages in the paint of anybody in the league the last sure. couple of years. I mean, yeah. when you talk about you got Fallon Frigie, who's the big side MVP, but then you also have two other power forwards in Madeline Smith and Blair Braxton. Yeah, they're, who are, they're a very big team, a talented big team. Talented yeah. big team. And, you know, they, they can have pick and pop bigs. They can pound you on the block. Where are they going to go from there? Well, it seemed to me that they pretty much seamlessly transitioned to what they're going to be this year, which I think is a slashing shooting team. It's going to be pick your poison. I mean, Darren White can take anybody to the rim in the in the, in the West. I mean, yeah. she's one of the great off the dribble point guards that there is in college basketball. Yeah. And Tori Martell's one of the great set shooters. So you sag in to stop White, she kicks it to Martell. You, you don't sag in to stop White, she scores. I mean, yesterday those two had 48 total points. Darren yeah. White had 22 without even shooting it that well. So that combined with the fact that I think Montana State has crossed the threshold in their ability to recruit their freshmen yesterday. I mean, they yeah. played six true freshmen, and every single one of them looked like – not out of place, yeah. let's say. They, yeah. they were ready to roll. So um, I think that Montana State will be just fine. And, you know, and, and like we always say, at the end of the day in basketball, if you have the best player on the court and that player can play on the ball, you got a chance against everybody. Mm. For my money, Darren White's the best player in the league. Yeah. I mean, I'll take her against anybody. So I think Montana State will be just fine. Lady Grizz closing in on it, up 15, 22 seconds to go. It's foul time for North Dakota. But Montana has been so anemic offensively the last couple years despite having good offensive talent 77 in their last game and 84 in this game that's a good sign for the lady Grizz. hugely good sign i i I just have a couple quick thoughts montana's winning this game this game is over they're up 84 69 another three throw so 85 now 69 uh Congratulations to Coach Petrino, right? This is his first win yeah. as a head coach, Division One level. So, congratulations to him and the whole staff. That's you know not something that he'll probably talk much about, but 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 that's certainly uh, you know that's 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 a big deal. So, congratulations to him uh, on that. Just individually, though, man, I just couldn't be happier for Sophia Styles right at this moment. She played a spectacular game. Uh, Lady Grizz were up nine. She goes to the line, misses the first one, makes the second one, and then immediately, I don't know how, just snakes it and just steals the inbounds pass. It's only her and the two North Dakota players. Steals Five it, steals. Lays it up and in, and basically that was the game over sort of moment right there. Uh, but she has been great in this game. She it she doesn't have a brace on her shoulder, on her knee. She's running around. And for somebody who has gone through the physical travails that she has gone through, to have the talent, like you alluded to, that she has two-time Montana Player of the Year at the high school level, and to, you know, let's pray here, be on the other side of all of that, at least in this very moment, phenomenal. And to have a great game like this, and that's it. The game is over 86-72, the final. Congratulations to the Lady Grizz. and very happy for uh, a, a couple of those kids, but especially uh, Sophia, who is who is 
overcome maybe more than anybody when you talk about what she's gone through. It's a true testament to sticking with the program if you love yeah. the program. I, I don't know if she ever was a fit with the last coaching staff. She certainly chose the Grizz because she always wanted to be a Grizz. Yeah. In terms of pure fit, she could have gone to the Bobcats. It probably would have been a better fit. I mean, you got a point guard coach in Trisha Binford. That would have been a great match. Yeah. But Sophia Styles wanted to be a Lady Grizz, and she stuck it out, and now that's paying dividends for her. And, I mean, kudos to Dr. James Andrews, right? He's the <laughs> one He's the one that got this last surgery done, yeah. and, and she talked a lot about how she just wanted to get it right, and it seems like she's got it right. So, um Man, there's been there's been so much turmoil and so much negativity around the Lady Grizz program. We've talked about this show on this show so much, man. It, it's it's a thing that's really too bad for Missoula because it's such a joyous part of this community. No and doubt. so if they're just back to even just being functionally competitive and like pleasant to watch, man, that's going to be nice for the city of Missoula because. What does the city of Missoula love more than Lady Grizz? Just about nothing. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Two-Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, Matt Nicholson moving on from Montana to take the same job at Illinois State. We'll talk about the strength coach of the Montana football team and his departure. Quick update for you in the NFL because we have a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. The Pittsburgh Steelers are up at halftime over the Washington football team, 14-3. All right, there you go. Everybody's up to date. We all know where we're at. Football next. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Howdy to Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Good to be with all of you across the state. Our boss is standing in the window, staring. I think she's sad, Coulter. Last week on the show, sitting here. Ah, uh, yeah. Or is she mad? One of the are two. You, she might be planning my like. Are you real regretting your decisions yet? Uh, well, no, I can't regret them till I go do the other thing and find out it's not nearly as good, which is entirely possible. What do you mean possible? It's like the one of the most surefire guarantees in life. Oh no! We have the greatest job ever. You are gonna, you are gonna have a great time doing whatever you do. Yeah, you will never have a job that's as good as sitting next to me. No doubt, but I might not have a job, and that might be excellent. See, you know? this is where I know that I have a broken brain. <laughs> I have no aspirations to retire. Yeah, I have a list of a hundred things I want to accomplish before my life is done. Not one of them is not working. I said to my father when I was 25 years old, without <laughs> even a hint 
of of sarcasm or anything. Hundred percent. Everything I ever wanted to do, I have done. And I, <laughs> how I'm old were you? Twenty five. Twenty five. I got. I did it all. I did everything I wanted. And you so haven't had any children. E- yet. Everything. Yeah, that's true. But you know, it's so all. Just wait until. No, I, mean, I mean, I'm. You know, but I'm just saying. Wait like, until yeah, your number one son redefines your life. Hey, I mean, wait. He's already done it. The wrecking ball. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. It's. I. I. I do not. I am not happy to be leaving here uh, again. If if you were not with us on Friday, we did make the announcement. This will be my last week here on the show with you all, and it is a very sad. It is not even bittersweet. It's just bitter for me in that respect. But I am very excited about traveling around the country in a truck and a trailer. Now I realize that puts me probably in a minority. No, well, not in this room. Well, like I told you, the only reason I'm mad at you is because I'm jealous. <laughs> you stole my idea. <laughs> oh, I did. Huh? Well, it's much easier for me with a wife and children than it would be for you. Uh, it's two telling the one is one of two ninety ESPN radio uh, and uh, Coulter Matt Nicholson has been the strength coach uh, here uh, with Montana since two thousand five. I believe this is right. He's the only member of the staff that was retained by Hauk staff from Stitt staff that wasn't a Montana guy, right? Like like Justin Green, for instance. Sure. Coach Germer, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah right, right. Shan, the, three, but, the three holdovers were guys Sh- and that Shan, they played here. Yeah. Shan Schillinger, right. Chad Germer, Justin Green. Yes, that's correct. So uh, so Matt Nicholson was kind of, you know, he, he you know if you're, if you're good at what you do in the strength room, you're good at what you do, you know what I mean? And yep. so, uh, but he is leaving for Illinois State, uh, I have no idea anything about Coach Nicholson in his personal world and what maybe there's you know mm. there's that sort of reason and stuff like this, but this is also obviously a professional move. So uh, I know that you have you know you've kind of been thinking about this, looking at this, and reading about this well, a little bit. As often happens on this show, this segment is based on uh, some inquiries I got from the general listening public. Yeah. Mainly, someone asked me. Is there more to the Matt Nicholson story? Why would Matt Nicholson leave Montana for a, a, what they deem, what they said, quote unquote, a demotion? I'm not here to speculate on to the, the, the whys. I think that on, on one hand, you can look at this thing and say, it's essential to maintain the strength coach when you go through a coaching change because he's the one that all the players already trust. And then when you cycle through a roster of players and now everybody's your guys, then maybe it is time to go your own direction. Mm. I think that from a Bobby Houck program perspective, the most underrated and perhaps most impactful portion of Houck's first tenure at Montana between 2003 and 2009 was the presence of Mike Gerber. Mike Gerber is one of the great strength coaches that has been in the Big Sky Conference. The culture he built in the weight room, the culture of competitiveness and the culture of doing extra, that's how... Croy Beerman happens. That's how Colt Anderson happens. You, there's a lot of guys that maybe were underrated or suffered injuries or didn't get opportunities that then blossom. But by and large, the guys that are the Montana walk-ons that turn into All-Americans, it's because they buy into the weight room. To me, the number one factor in the Grizz sending so many guys to the NFL the last decade, uh, I guess last decade, not over the last decade, but in the 2000s, mm-hmm. was that weight room culture. It's passed down. These guys, Croy Beerman can show Jordy Tripp and Brock Coyle what it takes. They can show the next guys. It's it's the the 365 day nature of becoming a professional athlete and, and just becoming an elite college athlete 
I think it's essential. So on, on the Grizz side of things, I think this is, uh, while Matt Nicholson was well-liked by the players and well-liked by me, I, I, I interviewed him several times. I thought he was a very smart guy. I think he's very um, cutting edge in the way he runs the, the weight room. I thought the Grizz were really good in that element of things, both post during stint and post it in the Bobby Houck era as well. I think Nicholson evolved for what Coach Houck wanted to, which, which he deserves a ton of credit for. Um, but I also think this is an opportunity for Bobby Houck to go get his own guy now. Sure. If he goes and readdresses maybe a Mike Gerber or a Rob Oviat, who are both great strength coaches here at Montana, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm not going to speculate, but there's other guys that are in the strength and training industry right now in Montana that played for Bobby that could be good fits, or Bobby might have his own guy too. I mean, um, the guy who's at Idaho State, I can't remember his name. Anyways, he was Bobby's, uh, he's fantasy strength coach right now at okay. Idaho State, but he was Bobby's strength coach at UNLV. So there's mm. connections. There's a lot of guys. How, Bobby Houck can make the right choice. I mean, who loves weight room more than Bobby Houck? Nobody. I mean, I, 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 can Bobby Houck be the Montana strength coach? I mean, Bobby Houck still lifts for the players. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he, he's in there. But the notion that this was a demotion got me thinking. This isn't a, oh my gosh, look how far Montana's fallen. But when you objectively analyze this, first of all, I can tell you this. Matt Nicholson's going from being the head strength coach to an assistant strength coach at, at Illinois State. But he's getting a pay raise. Okay? So, He's got a young family, two little kids. Okay, can't blame the guy. He has no Montana ties. Yeah, can't blame him for taking a pay raise. Sure, um, but somebody was saying there's no way that Illinois State's a better program than Montana. Well, in facilities and resources, that's true. Hardly anybody's on par with Montana. Nobody has Washington Grizzly Stadium and the Champion Center and the fan support like Montana has. Nobody in the FCS has that besides Montana. But when you look at what's actually happened on the field, this is pretty interesting. So since 2009, when Brock Spack took over, Brock Spack, the owner of one of the great mustaches in all of college football, mm. since he took over 2009. That's at Illinois State, boys and girls. At Illinois State. Playing along at home. Illinois State's won 84 games. They're 84 and 50. During that same time period, which includes Bobby Houck's last year when they went 14 and 1, the Grizz are 88 and 36. So only a few wins more for the Grizz, but you take that 14 and 2009 year, year yeah. out. Illinois State's actually won more games, better win percentage, more conference wins. Then you look at just since Matt Nicholson's been at Montana. The Grizz, 37 and 25 over mm-hmm. the last five years. Illinois State, 38 and 24. Mm-hmm. So basically the same record. Mm-hmm. Montana's been to the playoffs twice. Illinois State's been to the playoffs three times. Montana's won two playoff games. Illinois State's won four. You extrapolated just a couple years back. Illinois State played for the FCS National Championship in 2014. Lost to North Dakota State. They played in the Final Four of the FCS playoffs in 2015. So, by and large, what I'm saying is, and this is just a complete observation, if you're Matt Nicholson, this is not a demotion. You're going to a program that's won as many games. You have multiple people that you know on the staff because Brian Hendricks, former Grizz D-line coach, Travis Niekamp, former Grizz special teams coordinator, they're both at Illinois State. Brock's back has a long tenure and a great run of success at Illinois State. And Brock's back also played with Kevin Sumlin in college. Well, where's the connection there? Kevin Sumlin was the head coach at Houston when Matt Nicholson played at Houston. Mm -hmm. So there's actually way more familiarity at Illinois State for Matt Nicholson than there is here. So I I just thought it was interesting because I just thought that that struck me when someone asked me, well, how could you possibly say that Illinois State's on par with Montana? Sad but true, they are. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't... Maybe it's sad. I don't know. I mean, Illinois State just put 
probably the rookie of the year of a running back in the NFL. No question, you know, James Robinson. He, so the, there's dudes playing at Illinois State. Oh, I mean, I mean they, they, they took North Dakota State to the wire. That was the best game North Dakota State had in the postseason. So it's a, a very oh, good football 2014, sport. I mean, they went 13-2. and two. Marshawn Coprich, who was a runner-up for the Walter Payton Award that year, if he doesn't break his ankle in the semifinals, he's get, he's a he's a top five round draft pick. I think. Yeah. I mean, they've had back to back NFL running backs. So the other thing is this: there's a lot of different ways. Well, there's a few different ways, anyways, to have resources. Sure. At Montana, the resources smack you right in the face. The Washington Grizzly Stadium, the Champion Center, yeah. doesn't exist like that anywhere else in in uh, at the FCS level other than maybe like a, a James Madison to some extent, North mm-hmm. Dakota State to some extent, Montana State to some extent, and much closer once this renovation sure. gets done as it's coming. Sure. Uh, but but don't kid yourself, man. It's as good as it gets in Missoula, Montana, period. I mean, setting yeah, yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But if you are getting a pay raise to be an assistant at the position that you've been ahead of, I mean – how can, how is it that Alabama has thirty different strength and conditioning coaches all making six figures or whatever it is? Yeah, it's because they got resources to pay those guys. Well, in the Missouri Valley, whether or not they have the greatest football stadium in the history, and I don't even I don't have any idea what it's like. I'm sure it's a fine facility or whatever. It's okay, but uh, if if you're if if they got ten guys on staff that are making thirty percent more than the average salary in the Big Sky Conference, and I'm not saying I'm just just as yep. as an example yep. well then that's huge and uh, to put this into perspective every single head football coach in the Missouri Valley has a base salary of $100,000 more than the highest paid coaches in the Big Sky Conference mm-hmm. Bobby Petrino Missouri State's making 100 grand more than Bobby Hawkins in Montana yeah i mean that, that's the level ba- ba- base pay base pay base yeah. pay base pay so there's there's but i'm just saying, talking about what your what so your guaranteed totally. money though is no, no, is no. that's the significant and so and and, and, and and someone asked me this yeah. why is that someone asked me how can illinois state average 7500 fans a game and montana averages 25000 mm-hmm. fans per game but they have so much more money to pay coaches especially when you look at the state of illinois because it's not as if the state of illinois is this lucrative state they actually have a public crisis when it comes to higher education they're yeah. cutting budgets across the board the number one what's well, not a number one it's the sole reason that all the missouri valley coaches are paid more money because the missouri valley has had basketball teams that have won ncaa tournament games mm. that's revenue sharing that's money guaranteed money for everybody in the league it's to tell new on us espn radio take a quick break on the other side we're very excited about this there's a new movie uh, coming out tomorrow called The Last Champion. It's going to be available on all this, on well, on several of the streaming services, Amazon notably, also Google Play. And Glenn Winthrow directed it. It's a great story, a, a wonderful holiday story, kind of overcoming challenges, past mistakes, but a, a, a really great uh, uh, sports and family story. He directed the film. He's going to join us right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 